Hey there, welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I am your host, Jeremy Shearer, and my guest is Kristen Dorsey, VP of Marketing at Link. Kristen, thank you so much for making time to be with us. Thank you. Really appreciate the time to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how you got into marketing and how you ended up in your role at Link today. I actually started off thinking I was going to be a developer or an application engineer. <laughs> That's really how I started my career. And then I, I took a bit of a pivot starting my own business. I actually made sculpted cakes. And through that process, I had to create a brand. I had to figure out how to you know, get customers and you know, market myself with no budget. And I absolutely fell in love with marketing. And so when I kind of came back to the professional world, gosh, about 12, 13 years ago, I, I knew that that's really what I, where I wanted to refocus my career. I've loved it ever since. Sculpted cakes. Let, let's pause there for just one second. What is a sculpted cake? <laughs> so it's a cake that looks like anything but cake. So, I mean, I, I've made a cake that looks like an electric guitar, like the Stanley Cup, uh, all sorts of, of different things. So like imagine Cake Boss, you know, those, those kinds of cakes. Okay. I remember when I was a kid, my mom was into cake decorating. And she sort of very briefly kind of dabbled in it as like maybe a business, but then ultimately did something else. But okay, it's it's interesting how one thing kind of leads to the next. Yeah, I would have never imagined. <laughs> exactly. And here you are today, VP of Marketing at Link. So tell us just a little bit about Link. Link is the only CX automation platform that's purposefully built for retail brands. So we work with customers like Levi's, Carter's, Oshkosh, Paxson, and, and many others. And CX automation for retail in this case is automated chat, uh, AI-based, that actually allows customers to resolve problems through automation. So whether it's creating return or finding out more information about a product before purchasing, all of that can be done in an automated fashion before ever having to you know, go to a, a human agent. Now, what I want to talk about today with you is something that we had discussed a little bit when we were doing a little prep for the interview, and that's as a content marketer, creating content that kind of adds up as a go-to resource for your audience on a particular topic. And in fact, that's exactly what you guys are doing, right? You're creating just a load of really valuable content around customer experience and all that that entails with the goal, right, of creating community around it and becoming that kind of go-to source. So why is that a good thing to do? You know, why is that an important thing to do? for Link? Great question. So the whole world of CX automation has become a little complicated. You know, a lot of companies out there talk about CX automation, say that they do CX automation. And so what we found is that our customers and, and you know, folks in the retail space get really confused. And, you know, what they think of uh, when it comes to things like CX automation is, you know, awful chatbots that, you know, make a, a worse experience for their customers. And so what we've found as we've spoken to more and more of our, our own customers is that we really need to venture beyond just the CX automation space and, and topics and talk about CX as a whole, help uh, our customers and help the industry really learn more about CX, learn more about the end-to-end -end, you know, buyer journey and, and the different opportunities that are there in improving CX across the board, of which automation is a piece. And so it's really stepping beyond the boundaries that we play in to really offer value to our customers in a more holistic way. Right. And so it's kind of getting into that thought leader space, right? Where you're 
looking at the big picture. So what does it look like or what has it looked like so far to create this kind of go-to source? Like, what does that consist of? You know, what does it look like for a prospect to, to go there and, and search around? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So and I, I think we started at a point of, you know, what are the questions that, you know, these folks are asking? What's important to them? Where are the pain points? And so I, I think what's what's first uh, important is to be really topical. So, you know, the the key things in the industry right now, obviously, have been, you know, staffing, supply chain, you know, economic slowdown, all of these different elements that you know, this is affecting the day-to-day, the, you know, future of these retail brands and, and the folks who are, you know, helping to, to keep them afloat and, and keep them growing. And so it's, it's really been important to us to create content around these different topics and, again, within the realm of CX. And so, you know, if you're looking at supply chain issues, for example, it's not something that you as a business are going to necessarily be able to to tackle or change. You know, there's there's obviously, you know, worldwide issues at play, but what can you do in terms of proactive communication with your customers? What can you do in terms of the way that you're providing that experience to your customers to mitigate some of the issues, you know, that that you're not able to change? Now, the content on the, the site, you, you, and I think you said creating the content. To what extent is this content produced, you know, original content that you're producing in-house? Is it all of that? Is it a mix of that and stuff you're curating? Like, what does that look like? I think in some ways I would love to create 100% of it, but we're a startup, we're a small team. And I, I think as well, it's important to bring in other thought leaders as well. So we're looking at about a 50-50 split in terms of created, you know, original content and curated content from other thought leaders in the space. Um, We also are bringing in things like a listing of events, other podcasts that, you know, people should be paying attention to so that it really does start to build this great resource for people. So it's, it's not just the folks here, you know, from Link, you know, kind of sharing one perspective on everything, but it's really bringing together, you know, the, the, the best resources possible. Now that's interesting. And it's sort of, so it contextualizes the content that you are creating within all this other content that you're curating, which makes good sense, especially for a small team, as you mentioned, and, and maybe just for any team. There's only so much any one group of people can do, but still the content that you're creating then has to meet a certain bar, right? Especially if you want this to really be a go-to source, then you need to be providing stuff that people can't just as easily get anywhere else. You could Google it and find out, you know, a bunch of different sources. So what is your approach to creating content that kind of gets it to the level where it needs to be that just enhances that aspect of like, oh yeah, this, this is the source for this information. Yeah, I would say that a key piece of it from my perspective is really having a unique perspective or something unique to say. You know, as you said, I mean, you can Google any topic and find, you know, millions and millions of, you know, pieces of content that's been written on that. But what makes one piece, you know, more valuable than the other? Well, to me, it's something where you have something unique to bring to the table, whether it's a unique perspective, whether it's more information, whether it's deeper research whatever it might be. And so when we're looking at the content pieces that we're creating, we're bringing in, first of all, writers that are some of our advisors, thought leaders, et cetera, in the area. So they really know what they're talking about. You know, it's not just folks who are, you know, working at a tech startup. We're talking to to people who, you know, have worked in retail, have, you know, been CEOs of, you know, retail brands. They're bringing a very unique perspective, you know, into the, the topics. 
but then making sure that we have that deep research to back it up. You know, if we have a point of view, it's not just because we sat in a room and, <laughs> and dreamed it up, but, you know, it's, it's backed up by, you know, facts and, and research, as I said. And I think that's one of the things that curating content helps to challenge the content that you're creating as well. Because if we're curating content from really quality sources, as makes sense to do and as we want to do, as you said, the standard of our content really has to, to match. You know, we, we don't want to have curated content that's amazing, you know, Harvard Business Review, you know, articles and things like this. And then we have, you know, pithy, you know, listicles and something that's that's really not going to be worthwhile. Right. I mean, the, the stuff, the original stuff you're putting alongside, it can't just be run of the mill, right? It has to, it has to at least meet that bar and maybe even transcend it. How do you, how is this all going so far? You know, I'm sure this is always going to be a work in progress to a certain extent, right? So how is it shaping up and what have you, you've seen in terms of your data and the analytics to, you know, are, are people flocking to it? Do you feel like, yeah, you are in fact creating this kind of go-to resource? Yeah, I, I think that the key for us has been a really solid plan that's, you know, crawl, walk, run. So the way that we started was to begin to create content that was shared natively on LinkedIn and, you know, obviously on our corporate website, but just starting to test content, test topics, test, you know, feedback and, and things like that. That was kind of, you know, almost step, you know, 0.5 <laughs> before moving forward to say, okay, we, we think we have some quality here. We think we have enough interaction from what we're doing at this stage to really move into, you know, the, this full-fledged site. And then in looking at the the community site, well, is it going to be community from day one? Probably not. So from day one, it's going to be content. And so we really have been very prescriptive in terms of what these stages are. Building out fantastic quality content, you know, curated content, events, all of these things that will bring people into to the site. And then the next step is starting to build the, the community components, right, as you build that audience. And so what we're seeing in, in the, the early stages so far is that it's, it's absolutely working in that way. So starting to get subscribers on board, starting to get, you know, some really fantastic traffic. And the, the key there, like I said, is, is just, you know, baby steps and, you know, building on, building on successes instead of diving right in, thinking that you're going to have, you know, this fantastic community from day one, just because you have good content. It just isn't going to happen that way. There's going to be a lot of organic growth over time. Right. But it's a long-term play, like, like, like any content channel, or this is kind of like a, like a multi-channel sort of like a, a ecosystem of content. Right. But yeah, it's in so to my mind, it would take, so we've kind of outlined a few key pillars as I'm hearing it. And, you know, tell me if I'm on the right track here. So one is, of course, aligning what you're talking about and the kind of content you're creating, aligning that with what you know about your audience and what they really need and what they're really looking for, number one, and then curating and creating content at a high level that in aggregate creates something really unique, like a unique resource. And then doing this consistently over time and being realistic in your expectation and kind of giving it enough time to live and breathe and improve and learn and iterate so that over time, you know, you get, you give it a chance to actually succeed. Does that sound about right? Absolutely. And I think that that last piece is so essential. And I think, you know, for other marketers out there, it's so incredibly important that you have your executive team on board, that you have alignment internally to understand that this is a long-term 
you know, growth play, right? This is not something where you're going to get, you know, thousands of subscribers, you know, in week one, this is something that's going to take some time and, and grow, you know, organically over time. And it's something that needs consistent tending and <laughs> nurturing and, and feeding when it comes to content, when it comes to promotion, when it comes to, um, you know, really, you know, curating that, that perfect experience on, you know, on the site. But I think if you don't have that alignment internally from the get-go, you're going to run into problems. You're going to run into, you know, mismatched expectations. Without that, it's just not going to last. You might have a little leeway to give it a shot, but right. If the leadership is unrealistic in their expectations, then it's not going to work. Right. And because it's something that this is not an easy or cheap thing to do, right? It's expensive just in, in the time that you have to put into it. And you have to be given the time to do that with the understanding that this isn't going to immediately generate revenue to pay for itself like right now. It will if we do it the right way. We know that, but it's going to take a little time. Exactly. And I, I think that's some, you know, again, kind of education internally, education to, uh, you know, your executive team, your CEO, you know, et cetera, to help them to understand that there's a very different approach to content marketing. There's a very different approach to, you know, building a community and, and this versus dumping money into Google ads. You know, I mean, it, you're, you're going to get very different results, but you're going to, you know, dumping money into Google ads, sure, you'll get, you know, traffic to your site and perhaps some, you know, demo requests and, you know, some great things like that. But it's, it's then a limit of how much money can you continue to dump into those, you know, those campaigns. Whereas when it comes to content marketing and community building and, and this, it's more of that, that long-term play where, you know, those dividends are going to pay off over time and it's, it's not going to be as expensive, you know, down the road. And so having a balance between those two so that you can help to, you know, kind of temper expectations, you know, you're still, obviously we still have a job to do. We still have, you know, revenue to hit and, and, you know, we need to bring in those, those contacts and opportunities, but we need to also be building the long-term growth of the, the brand that's going to you know, at one point bring in much more high quality contacts because they trust your brand. They trust that you know what you're doing, that, you know, you are truly a, a thought leader in the industry. And I mean, a, tr a true resource like this, that's not static, that's being updated regularly and like, like, a, like a news magazine almost, right? And you're going to get the audience you build for it. They're going to keep coming back to it like you would to any trusted source, right? Unlike, you know, through a Google ad, which can be, you know, hugely beneficial, but that's usually going to get you someone who comes once, takes a look, either wants a demo or not, and then that's it. They're probably not going to come back a whole bunch of times. Resource like this, you're having a dedicated group of people come back again and again and again and really build that trust. That's hugely valuable. Exactly. Well, and I mean, we know now, you know, I think in the last couple of years, especially, there's been such a shift in B2B marketing to really understand that, you know, it isn't a factory, you know, in terms of, well, you're going to nurture this lead and then they're going to suddenly decide one day that, you know, they're ready to buy because of, you know, all of this nurturing. We don't buy that way. You know, we either are in market or we're not. And the vast majority of us are not in market for, you know, your particular particular product on any given day. But when you suddenly become in market, you're going to immediately go to those solutions that you already know, you already trust, you've heard of from friends and colleagues, you know, you like, so that's why that long-term play really does pay off in, in the long-term after putting that time and effort into it, because you've built that trust with this audience that once they are ready, once they are looking for that solution, they know you, 
And, you know, they, they trust that you have their best interest in mind because you haven't just been, you know, pelting them with, you know, with short-term offers and, and, you know, things like that. Right. Like you've built that trust through non-transactional engagement, offering value. And there, there, there's more of like a human element to that kind of a human touch that, I mean, that's, that's ultimately how and why we trust people generally, not just in business, but in any context, really. Exactly. Well, and you know, we're, we're in the, the business of customer experience. And so the experience that we give to our customers, you know, I, we want to really kind of, you know, walk the talk in terms of, you know, we want to give our customers the best possible experience um, and help them to understand how valuable that is, you know, and the, the kind of dividends that that pays off with their customers. Okay. Well, great stuff, Kristen. Thank you so much. Really, really enjoyable discussion. Great for this podcast. And I learned a lot. I know our listeners definitely will learn a lot from this. So um, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thanks. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-Versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.